Hello, friends, and welcome to the Midpacker Pod, part of the Free Trail Network of Podcasts. I am your host, Troy Meadows, and I am stoked to bring you informative and relatable content from people just like you, everyday runners pushing their boundaries and doing extraordinary things on and off the trails. Today, I have Josh Rosenthal on the pod. Josh is a father, community builder, entrepreneur, and ultra runner from Salt Lake City, Utah. We dive into all the things that Josh is doing from a community building standpoint in trail and ultra running, including Borderlands, the online community he is building, Tequila Highway, a virtual race series that is focused on keeping the community stoked to keep training for their running goals, and Wilder, the soon-to-be-launched app that is focused on keeping runners safe when in the great outdoors. For now, you can follow Wilder on IG, and you'll get a notification when the app is available. We also talk about the concept of DFL before DNF, and the mental game that ultras are, and the mental struggles that Josh has had late in his 100-mile efforts that have resulted in his own DNFs. We also touch on the YouTube documentary that Borderlands created around the concept and the docuseries Trail Grit that highlights a few members of the ultra community and how they tackle the mental side of ultras. Really awesome content. Josh Josh also gives some tactical things that he does day-to-day to stay on top of all the projects that he has going on, get in his training, and show up his show up for his family on a regular basis. We round out the conversation talking about some of my favorite things, coffee. Uh, In a past life, Josh owned, operated, built, and sold a specialty coffee company named La Barba in Salt Lake. And we definitely geek out a little on specialty coffee and our favorite beans to brew. I very much enjoyed this convo and could do an entire pod with Josh on entrepreneurialism and building businesses. I am stoked to dive into the content that he is creating with Borderlands, and I hope that you glean some wisdom from your own life for your own life and running. But before we get to the show, it's time for me to hit you with all the calls to action. If you love the content week after week, please do one or all of these things. It will really help out the pod. Share it with your running friends and groups. Copy a link to the show and drop it into your run group text thread. Word of mouth is the best way to help me grow the pod. Join the Midpacker Pod Patreon. For just a buck a month or more, you can directly support the work that I do to bring you each episode. I do all the things on the pod, so if you like what you are hearing every week, show me some love. You can find a link in the show notes. Still on the hunt for more ratings and reviews, so keep those five stars coming. And if you have any criticism or suggestions to help make the pod better, you can leave a response to the Midpacker Pod suggestions form linked at the top of the show notes. Okay, thanks for entertaining my ramblings. Now let's get to my conversation with Josh Rosenthal. All right, friends, welcome back to the Midpacker Pod. I am here with Josh Rosenthal. Josh, how are you doing today, brother? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm stoked for our conversation. Um, you know, before we, we dive into all the things, man, because you, yeah, I'm just like looking through my notes and looking through some of the things like you got a lot going on and and we're just going to scratch the surface, I think today, but, uh, you know, who is Josh Rosenthal? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in the morning, 4.30, I wake up to have time to myself. And I mean, part of that, I mean, that's part of the contemplation, you know, of like, Mm. who am I? What am I doing? Uh, 
I mean, if I were to really try and distill it down, like I first think of myself as a husband and father, um, any hustle that I do out there in a lot of ways is, you know, kind of through looking through that lens or, you know, being pushed through that grid with the exception of my trail running. I mean, that is uniquely for me. If my kids are inspired by that, that's great. That's not the center of the target. Um, but you know, I think of myself as husband, father, and then, um, ultra runner. And it's funny because I, you know, I'm, I'm the world's worst ultra runner, but my goodness, do I love it. And so that's, I mean, everything is about, am I, am I being a good husband? Am I being a good father? Am I supporting? Am I helping? Am I helping? And can I, when can I try and run a hundred miles again? Yeah. Very cool. And I think a lot of the audience will relate with, with your statement is like, I love yeah. it, but I'm, I am the worst at it. Right. And I think it's also, um, I think people that are drawn to the ultra distance, it's really about, it's, it's about self-discovery as much as it's yep. about setting like really hairy Anything audacious else. goals and, yep. and trying to figure out how to get, yep. how to, how to move, how to succeed at, at those goals. So, um, hundred percent. Yeah. You didn't mention the word entrepreneur and, uh, I'm going to, we're going to try, I'm not, I'm going to try not to mention it that much on, um, on this podcast with you, man, but you do have some really fun things that you're doing from an entrepreneurial side in trail running. And then ultimately, man, like, I'll, I'll link to, I'll link to the, the, um, the site that you sent me, uh, sea level insights, just so people, if they want to get a better idea of the absolute crusher that, uh, that Josh is, um, from the entrepreneurial <laughs> side, they can, they can, they can, they can take a look there, man. Cause, uh, I was looking yeah, at the list thanks. going cool, man. This guy is, uh, this guy's doing a lot. And, um, you know, I appreciate yeah, what you said before. We, busy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate what you said before too, is like focusing on, on the big things, focusing on things that really move the needle and letting some of the little things fall yeah. aside. And I think that's, that's, you know, very topical yeah. for people to understand too, especially with their, their running as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, Troy, I apologize. I lost a video again. Uh, so, sorry to tell you that. I don't know what's this time. I don't know what's going on. I don't. Well, are you even there? Oh, yeah, you did just freeze up. I I still see things Gosh. coming through on, on my end, Josh. Sorry, there there you are. Your, there's your video. Man, I'm sorry. That, that time there was nothing that had changed. Um, I apologize for messing that up. Yeah, you're good. I'll, I'll like I can edit this out. I think we're we're good. Okay. Like it's it's not telling okay. me that it's not recording it. It does keep giving me the roadcaster prompt, but I feel like okay. I don't see why that would be an issue. And it actually says actually recording in higher quality, and I didn't lose you okay. on my end, so we should be good. For, so from now on, I'll let you stop it if anything goes wrong, and I'll just roll with it. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, like if uh, if you start to freeze up and stuff, I'll let you know. So perfect, cool. So you know. Enough about entrepreneurial, entrepreneurship <laughs> for now. Uh, and yeah. uh, we're definitely going to dive into some of the things because, like I said, be, between be, there's a lot of fun stuff you're doing in the ultra community that I think the the ultra fans here are going to love diving into right. with you uh, and, and experiencing with you and what you're creating. Um, but let's just start with, you know, what was it that got you into trail running? What, what was it that, that sparked the fire for you, man? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's, I, I kind of have two different kind of two different trajectories into it. One was just like a, from a general like road running, I, you know, I've never been fast, but I've been surrounded by just these really great people in my life where so many of our great like connections relationally were happening 
um, on a road run. And so like I was inspired by these guys and they were, maybe they'd go on, they'd run a half marathon or a marathon. And so, you know, I, I, I first started to find like this love for running with these guys like Lee Mashburn or Dusty Thompson were their names. But then, you know, I was kind of out there thinking, you know, half marathon, this is great. I'm pushing it. I'm really going for it. And then I meet this guy named Jeremy Cox and uh, he's getting ready to run uh, the Wasatch 100, which is in our backyard here in Salt Lake. And, uh, you know, I'm intrigued. He's telling me about it. I can't wrap my mind around it. You know, all those initial conversations with someone who's first introduced that humans will try and run a hundred miles. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just in awe. I'm, I'm impressed. And I, I'm just a fan of this guy. And then he hands me unbreakable, uh, on DVD, uh, which is the year that Anton Kaprichka, Killian, uh, Jeff Rose, and I, uh, unfortunately I forget the, the organ guy. What's his name? Al, Al, Al Kerner. Al Kerner. Yeah. Yeah, the year that they all, you know, go for it. And it's a it's a really well done documentary. I, I think it was I don't, I don't know. In the intro, I was like, I saw the way that they were they the way they did the intro, and I was like, oh my God. In the intro, I decided I'm going, I gotta figure out a way to do this under mile. Like I get it. Something about it, like I saw it and I just got it. And uh, of course I watched that documentary several times before several ultra attempts. You know, that was a that's been a go-to um for a long time. But ultimately, yeah, if I were to, to distill it down to one person, it was Jeremy. And then I happen to live in Salt Lake City, and I'm, I'm somewhat biased. And, you know, it's just a phenomenal place to live and be a trail runner. So, you know, we've got the great, all the great races in our backyard, like the Bear, Wasatch 100, and the uh, North Face Endurance Challenge up in Park City for a number of years. That's where I really cut my teeth. Uh, speed Goats, you hear, you know, all of these are places I can sleep in my own bed and at the starting line so i you know combine all of those things and you know trail running was unavoidable for me yeah man no agreed and and i i think you know california and colorado gets a lot of shine but uh yeah. you know utah's utah's got it going on I, I i had the wasatch 100 um i was in the race gosh this would have been oh. four years ago i wasn't i was really? in in on the starting line i mean not on the starting line. i was in the entry list excuse me okay. and then i had an injury that i had to have uh. like reconstructive surgery i had to have repair surgery i had a hernia long story long oh, no. i had to yeah. pull myself out off of that that list and the race director there was amazing he's just like if you want to come back yeah. next year, just let me know, you know, like it was, it was really cool. And, and, um, I never got a chance all, to get back an to all that time. Race. Great race director right there. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Wasatch is definitely a bucket list race for me. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's not, it's a graduate level event, man. Is that something, <laughs> is that something you've, have, have you, uh, completed the Wasatch yet? No, I I've DNF'd it twice. Um, but man, I, I absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, you know, I mean, as the story goes, it's the second hundred miler, probably after Western States. I think, uh, you know, those guys were those guys were kind of running their own version of it in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, I think nineteen seventy nine, eighty, eighty one, somewhere in there became the official running, and like eight people ran it. Um, but you know, it's it's like Western States. If you know, if you put Western States and Wasatch next to each other, their origin story is somewhat similar in terms of time and when it happened. Western states went on to become, you know, through really great business decisions, they end up becoming this, this, the thing that it is. And what I love about Wasatch is that it's got all the same guts as Western states, but it just, it just, no judgment for, I mean, I'm an entrepreneurial thinker. 
They just chose not to monetize and go big. They always kept it for yeah. the the run. Like so, the opening line at the race um, packet pickup is that the race director John gets up and says, "I'm sure there's a lot of really famous runners here today, and we're not going to recognize a single one of them because not there's not one of you that's more important than the other here. You know, you're all going you're all going for it." And so I, that, I just, I love that race. I want to finish it for nothing else other than to be guilty by association with sort of the ethos that he's established there. I want, I want to be, I want to be in that club. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that attracted me to the race too. It's like, it's about as, for as known as the race is, it's about as grassroots as you get in America still. Yeah. And it's, yeah. they, they've, they've been, like you mentioned, it's, they've been intentional about their growth and intentional about like sticking to that era like it's there's not much difference the to the start line of that race as there was in the 70s and 80s like exactly it's it's about as close to that as if you if you want to experience old school ultra culture it's about as it's a one of the few places left it's like a bastion of old school ultra culture is is the wasatch one absolutely i mean i i sat and talked with those guys for a long time once you know they're they're from the era where you were like duct taping water bottles to your hands and mentally, they have not left that space, even though, you know, the shoes have gotten a little better and the aid stations. I think the aid stations, they're awesome. They haven't probably improved in 30 years because, you know, they have enough food and they have some really encouraging people. And that's just still what it is. It's perfect. Yeah. I ran. So I ran with this woman in canyons and uh-huh. I look over and she's like, you know, she's she's a definitely older, older woman. I know she finished before me for sure. She crushed me that day. But I look over, we spent like 10 miles together and she's got this perfect it's like about as perfect of a duct tape like (laughs) like wrapped around like the way it was it wasn't just like a piece of duct tape with on your hand to the bottle it was like this perfectly created and crafted like duct tape handheld and i was like wow that and i looked over i was like that's what they mean they're not talking about literally duct taping the bottle to your hand they're like literally using duct tape to create the perfect handheld and i'm like okay this is this woman is like she's cut from a different era and a different cloth than me that's for sure so yeah i Um, love that juxtaposition sort of like what the sports become i'm a mega fan of the elites like yeah mega fan so i'm not downplaying them at all but i do really romanticize that i love that just the idea of like Let's just go. Let's get out there and go. I could. I love UTMB, and I love Wasatch, and I love you know XYZ hundred miler that has twenty people at the starting line. You know, I just love it. Yeah, yeah. No, the the, the sport needs all of that. You know, absolutely. So, um, yeah, getting into the run community, man. Let's just dive into some of the stuff that you're doing with with the with your running and wrapped around, you know, some of the storytelling you're doing and some of the entrepreneurship that you, that you kind of have built into, to some of the stuff that you got going on. But, um, you know, for one, like talk about Badlands. Um, like what, what oh, is it? You say what? Uh, Borderlands. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're, you're good. Cut that out. So doesn't talk bother about, me at all. Yeah, no, man. My apologies. Talk about Borderlands. Um, great follow on Instagram. We'll link to that too in the show notes. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, talk about the work that you're doing there and then we can kind of unpack some other stuff that you have going on. Yeah. So, I mean, um, Borderlands was, was born after this, at this point in my career where I was just trying to figure out what was next, you know, kind of like our conversation we were having before, like, Hey, what, what's the next thing? What am I going to do? And I, you know, as an entrepreneur, I would think of, I'm always thinking about whatever I'm doing. I'm thinking, Hey, can I participate in this? Like on a business level in any way, if I'm on a run, I'm like, Hey, is there anything I, you know, it's just where my mind goes. 
And so Borderlands was was born out of this this desire uh, and maybe this sort of gut feeling at first of how many more people are there out there that are like me? And I and you know the reality is is that I think most of the sport is like me. And what I mean is that like we're out there because we love it. None of us want to DNF. None of us want to fail before the finish line. Um, but we do. Uh, and eat, but when we do, we're still like the stoke level is still crazy high when we look back on it. Mm. Um, and so I was just this my I was just thinking, hey, I'm going to start this online community and just i just want to see who's out there who's out there and i start to find there's a good there's a good bit of people out there and you know i'd heard a statistic that 90 percent of the people who run a race don't know who won the race that they just ran and that's again not a critique on the elites because i i went to chamonix last year because i wanted to see zach or jim be the first american male to win utmb so i love it i'm in i'm all in However, most people don't look up who won the race that they just ran. And if that's where a lot of the industry is, as I started to discover it, I thought, hey, I, I kind of want to play in this space here because I'm the heart and soul of that. Like, God, I just want to get out there and suffer. If I'm undertrained, I'm going to pay for it. But all I want to do is be out there um, going for it. So that's where Borderlands was born out of that. And then you know, I was building the community and then uh, I, I was, I went and did something called a, a, an entrepreneurship residency. I was an entrepreneur in residence in, in uh, Paris at um, a place called Antler. And I spent these three months working through a bunch of different things, but ultimately working, working through like, Hey, is there any sort of technology I can bring into my business at Borderlands that I already had? Like what's out there? And I was really obsessed with uh, trail runner safety, actually. Like I'm a, my my wife jokingly calls me a safety cadet. Like I really, I'm deeply concerned about safety all the time. And uh, in that, uh, someone, a friend of mine, we were having coffee and he was just like, hey, you know, do you know this person? He actually just went missing. He was running the La Plata Enchilada in um, Southern Colorado and he went missing. This was October 1st of 22. And he he was never found. And it was just like this moment to me of like, okay, wow. I love trail running. I'm this entrepreneur in residence and those stories are rare, thank goodness, but they are there. And we are very fit people who love to run in one direction as far away from civilization as possible on our training runs. And so there's this inherent unsafety uh, with that. Like the thing that makes us most safe, our fitness is also something that leads us to being less safe. And so that that became just an obsession of mine. And so I took this community of people with Borderlands and I started to bring this app idea that I'm working on called Wilder. And it's people when you present a, a trail runner with like, hey, don't you want to be more safe? They'll say yes, but you know, and all the and all the research that we did on it, ultimately they didn't want to do the work, necessarily yeah. want to buy the stuff that's gonna make them safer. And so uh what makes you safer is running with somebody. And so I wanted to build an app experience and, and build all of these sort of things that just makes uh, doing stuff with people uh, easier and better, which ultimately, you know, this other part of me, you know, that believes that, you know, community is uh, living in community and, and connected to people on a, a deeper level is also good for us. So it's like this borderlands ended up morphing into this thing that was just about like, hey, this is, this is about 
fitness and 95% all the other stuff that we're doing out there on the trail. It's the, there's the mental health component. There's the human connection component. There's all of these other things. And so what you'll never hear us talk about at Borderlands is I'm never going to offer fitness advice, training advice, nutritional advice, but you're always going to walk away from an interaction with Borderlands just feeling like the love of the sport a little bit more. No, that's really cool. And ultimately, like, I mean, Josh, you know, there's plenty of places. If you want fitness and nutrition advice, there's plenty of places to go get that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go, yeah. 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 Exactly. And I love, like, at least, you know, my interactions with, with Borderlands. I, I just, you guys do a really good job of, like, just poking the stoke, man you know, in a, in a real meaningful way, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, and I, and yeah. something I want to dive into and it's, I know it's like, I want to say it's a slogan. I know you guys have some apparel apparel around and I think it's like really, it's, it's a juxtaposition of the sport. It's something that people like, I know you guys are, are having something very tongue in cheek with it, but it's, it's what D D, D dead fucking last before did not finish. Right. DNF. And, uh, yeah, yeah. DFL before, yeah. uh, DN, DNF, um, and I know some yep. people will like push back on that and, and, uh, I'd like to give you the opportunity to kind of express like what you're talking about there, because I think, you know, there's, there's a, there's a place where physically you need to stop. And if you hit that spot, like that's, yeah. that's where you're at, there's no shame in that, but there's, you know, you talked about, yeah. it, it's like, it's 5% physical, right? It's like, there's so much other right. stuff going on between the ears that, that gets in the way of, yes. of finishing an ultra. And I, I feel yeah. like that's where you guys yeah. are going when, when, when you say that. And, and, and that's what, that's what that kind of means to borderland is, am I onto something there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, to me, the, you know, the joke is we're working through a docuseries right now called trail grid. Um, our first one, our first documentary was called dfl before dnf is the story of my friend jeremy uh and he he finished after the finish line had been torn down so not only did he miss the final cutoff like the race director tore everything down and the only people that were left there were his um crew chief matt his wife and then the race director hung around and waited for jeremy to show up and then he didn't have any buckles just drove away yeah so inspired by that like he's got this grit and me on the other end, on the other end, like all of my DNFs, like, uh, I feel like, you know, I could, I can, I can talk you through all of them. I'm DNF seven out of 800 milers. I have not found my equal. My finish rate is 12%. I think I'm the worst. Um, wow. And my, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> so, but you know, I, I'm still here for it. I still love the sport. And there are some, there are some people surprisingly enough that will reach out, you know, and be be somewhat critical of it and i'm thinking oh man yeah you are probably not in my target audience because like i love this sport race directors i mean they don't want to have to extract me from the course as a dnf of course not that's not easy or or fun or rewarding race directors don't want they don't want the industry average dnf necessarily unless it helps unless it's like ure where they're trying to prove how hard the course is I don't, I don't want a DNF. However, I'm still the guy that's paying full price for the race. I'm paying 380, 450 bucks for your, for the race. Like from a business standpoint, me and my audience, we represent the people who are paying full price and we're actually not discouraged by the DNF. 
in fact, I'm encouraged by it because it's like, I want to come back. I want to figure it out. My first two attempts were a DNF. And then my third was my finish. And then five more DNFs. And so back to the statement of DFL before DNF. Um, to me, I'm trying, it's, I'm trying to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy because I'm not necessarily always there. Uh, but I watched my, my friend, Jeremy, Jeremy's like, Hey, he was fine with DFL. Like he was committed to that finish. And for me, I let other things steal my joy of, of having that finish, uh, that I am trying to like, I haven't done a hundred. I haven't tried a hundred miles since I started borderlands about a year and a half ago. So this will be my first one. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to manifest this in some ways of saying like, Hey, if I'm out there, can I flip that switch and just say, Hey, it doesn't matter. Like I've got these, I've got a great crew out there. I've got some pacers out there. I've got these aid stations where all these people really like genuinely feels like they care about my goal and they care about me, even though they don't know me. So can I, can I bring all of that into like this one singular synergy and say, I would rather get last place than quit today. So I'm going, I'm going for Zion on April 13th. Again, there's been a lot of Zion efforts in there. Um, and I'm going for it again. And I like, this is the mentality that I want to have. And so the, the spirit of this is to say, yeah, whatever it takes, let's finish this thing. I'm, I'm never going to be in the running for a podium or even close or, you know, top 40%, top 50%. But man, I love this sport. I love, I love what happens when I'm out there. I love the way I feel at the starting line. I love, you know, it's the only time I'm chatty. I'm pretty introverted, but I'm super chatty you know, late race suffering. I love meeting new people out there at that, at that point, because I'm just so fascinated by the type of person that's out there. So yeah, like to, to reduce it down, it's really all about, I'm in it. I'm in it. I don't care what place I get. I'm in it. I love it. I'm in it. Yeah, no. So it's like, you're trying to craft your own mantra around what you need success to look like for yourself. Yeah. And, and let me, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to unpack this too much, but what has been, is there been a, a trend or a common denominator with um, your inability to kind of make it to the finish line? Yeah. I mean, if I were to walk through each one, it's like, Hey, there's a, there's a somewhat unique problem to each one. Sure. Um, yeah. That's ultra running. But though, if, right? if it's you, a, it, it's about solving you, those right. problems, right? Yeah. Yes. But if you go up higher in the, you know, in the helicopter to look at it, like, you know, when you like you go, you, zoom out on airbnb and the further out you go on airbnb all of those properties start to become one like and all of a sudden it's like here's 10 right in this neighborhood like for me and ultra running if you were to zoom out on my dnfs i think probably of those seven dnfs i think five of them kind of clump into this place of like uh you might have you probably could have done that if you had a better mind like my body always feels strong my cardiovascular feels strong muscles feel strong it's my mind so the DNFs that were justifiable were one injury and then one, uh, I, I had a combo of gout and rhabdo at the same time. The rhabdo wasn't like eight X kidney function, but it was like two and a half X kidney function. So it wasn't, it was mild at best, but, the, but that combined with gout and I was just completely gassed. Yeah. But those things um, can spiral out of control quickly too, man. And yeah. I, I would, yeah, I don't think we were trying to advocate for running through, through rhabdo at all. Cause I <laughs> yeah, think absolutely. that's, uh, it can go And from, I really think about like, yeah. I want to be one of, one of my things is like, I really go back to like, who is Josh? I want to be a good husband and dad. And so sometimes this, the thing that psychs me out is 
hey, I'm pushing too hard here. I, it, this is feeling like on the other side of this, I'm leaving my wife hanging too long with the kids. Mm. If you know, and in terms of recovery, yeah. And so I psyched myself out, and she's on the other side, always saying like, you know, first off, you always recover quickly, and we'll be fine. Like you got to finish this because if not, you're gonna. I know you're gonna keep. <laughs> you're gonna keep going. Um, and I, you know, finish or not, I'm gonna probably keep going. I would love to get a. I'd love to get a Coca Donut in someday, but I have no evidence to support that I should even be at that starting line. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think. <laughs> that's a complete the 200 distance is like a completely different animal when it comes down to like yeah. the time horizon given to complete it and like the skill set yeah. that you you can acquire because to me um as someone that that comes from more of a ultralight backpacking um mm. history like i'm like i i'm not saying i can just like they're a walk in the park but it's really like can you you know can you cover 30 40 30, 40 miles a day and eat well, you know, like it's really at that point, it c- turns more into like, can you just hike really, really good? Are you strong? Hiker? Right. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I, I want to like, just say this, I've said this a couple times on the pod, like the reason you said about leaving your significant other, your spouse, like out on a limb with the hundred mile finish is the reason why I'm not running a hundred miler in 2024. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I specifically told myself, like I have these qualify, I have to get a Western States qualifier. I'm good for hard rock, but I, the amount of time it takes, not just on the, on the front end of the training, but also the back end, like when you're spent for seven, like when you're not (laughs) able to pick up your kid for four days or whatever, you know, depending on how, how how wrecked you are, it's just kind of like, and you already base, you know, your wife has already had to deal with the kid over the whole weekend that you did the run and all those things really add up, man. And I totally get that. I can see how all of a sudden in your mind, your mind flips into this, like, it's not about me, it's about them. And then, and then it's really hard to put the focus back on yourself once that actually happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You get it. That's exactly, exactly where I'm at. And I think about like, gosh, you know, this is when I'm, this is when I'm fairly depleted, but I often go to this place of thinking, you know, my, I've, I've probably already inspired my little kids. Like if you look at like, Oh, look at what dad's doing. It's great. Like now, now, you know, the people who always say, I'm doing this for my kids, I'm doing this for my family, like, my response always is, you know, what, at least my 10-year-old son, he'd rather me just hang out with him than me go try and run 100 miles. Like, he's inspired, he's interested, he loves it, he helps me with all the stuff with Borderlands. But it's really hard to flip that switch, like you just said, back to focusing on myself. I'll start to feel guilty about focusing on myself. Um when my wife and when everyone around me is like saying, Hey, focus on yourself, do this. We know you're doing this for you. Like go for it. It's really hard to flip that switch. Just like you said, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I mean, like, now obviously I'm not trying to solve your corundum here on the pod, but you know, <laughs> me, if the in-laws are close, man, you may just want to fly them out or have them come hang out for the week after, you know, like set it, set yourself up for success where you're like, Oh, it's actually cool because like my kid's favorite uncle is in town the whole week after I'm yeah. here or whatever it happens, you know, whoever it happens to be in your totally. life that you could bring in. That's like all yeah. about like spending that time with the kiddos and then kind of take, yeah. you know, release that pressure valve for you so that you can yeah. show up for yourself on, for these big goals that you're setting. Cause I think that's the part yeah. that for me, like if, if I'm setting these goals and then I am 
all of a sudden putting myself in a position to fail, I'm like, I'm doing this wrong, right? I got to figure out, like, that's the part that needs to be, that needs to be changed. And, and it sounds like, um, you know, like for you, it's definitely a mental piece. And, and I, and I yeah. personally feel like it's about, regardless of the front end communication, it's about setting up that back end So that way that doesn't yeah. even become a thought. Cause as soon as you remove that from the equation, now you can just stay like locked and focused on the yeah. task at hand, which is like, right here one foot in front of the other until you hit the finish line so yeah um okay um enough of enough of troy's psycho analytical (laughs) sessions with josh i I Uh, welcome it i welcome yeah and i appreciate you unpacking that man because i think it's also something that people like deal with i know i have a friend that that literally literally stopped running a hundred miler halfway because he had the exact same realization he's like i'm on Mm -hmm. vacation with my family and I am going right. to be completely wrecked if I finish this thing. And you know what? Yeah. Like, I'd rather spend the time with my family, you know? And like, yeah, I get it. It, it was an easy decision for him to make. And so I can totally yeah. see why it, they, those decisions, you know, why that, that ultimately becomes a decision for you, for you to make. Are you looking for comfy, sustainable apparel to show off your love of the trails off the trails while giving back to support the natural places where you love to recreate? then go check out Run Trail Life. With designs that use sustainable materials, we have comfortable and styly hats and tees that you are going to love. With each item purchased, I will donate to Runners for Public Lands. If I sound excited about RTL, that is because I am the founder and sole operator behind the brand. I do all the things. So if you want to support me and the trails, go check out Run Trail Life. If you use code MidpackerPod, I will double your order donation. Visit runtraillife.com and pick up something. Okay, what is the Tequila Highway, man? Talk about talk about this project. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost you there. Can you ask that again? Oh yeah, no, you're fine. What what is the Tequila Highway? Oh, the, you said Tequila Highway. I did say Tequila Highway. There you are. Now you're back. Okay. Yeah. So, what is the Tequila Highway? Yes, sir. Yeah. So. Tequila Highway, initially, it was just like, all right, so this is where like trail running and business discussion cross over. I'm just looking for things out there. You know, how do you, how do you, you know, make money when you're talking about being in trail running? Like the, one of the gifts of being an entrepreneur is that you can kind of look across the landscape and think, hey, what industry do I want to be in? What do I love? What do I want to wake up every day thinking about? And so for me, when it comes to trail running, like I, I'm just looking for ways of like, um, you know, I, I, it's technically a virtual race, but I, you know, there's also a little bit of anxiety attached to that word virtual because it takes us back to the, you know, the COVID era where all races had to be virtual. It's technically virtual, but really the 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 value proposition of it is I want to help kind of gamify the training leading up to your races that really matter to you. Hmm. So Tequila Highway is is a way of of gamifying that training. So right now we're in the middle of one of our our events and it's called the Flatland Hustle because a lot of the the Midwestern folks had been asking for some races cuz I was doing a lot of vert vert Tequila Highway events and the Midwest was like, "Hey, what about us? Like we really want to participate, but we don't have vert. We can, you know, we can run up the on-ramp onto the interstate over and over again to get some vert, but otherwise it's so flat. So 
we put together this event and it's January 1st through January 21st. It's 21 straight days and it's just all about who can get the most miles in 21 days. We have it broken up into time zones and we have overall winners and stuff like that. And the the point is purely just help you motiv- help motivate you to get out there because again, if I'm the target audience of what I'm what I'm working on, like it's it's helpful for me to have something like you know when I get close to a race, it's really easy when I'm three weeks out, four weeks out. It's really easy for me to be in big mileage mode or you know whatever the key strategic training you know piece is at that point. But when I'm like six months out or seven months out, like I need, I just need something to help me get out there a little bit more. And so that's what these races are. So, you know, we'll have a hundred people, 150 people participating. They're logging their miles every day and, and I'm, and I'm keeping them uh, doing leaderboards and all this sort of stuff and just hoping to motivate people to be out there. Oh yeah. Really cool. So it's really you know, again, you're scratching kind of your own itch and saying like, I need to stay consistent. How can I stay consistent? I can, yeah. let's, let's see yeah. how we can gamify the system. That's really cool. And then you also, you're, exactly. you're, you're, you're kind of applying this model on top of the community that you've built. Right. So no, it's a way for you to also yeah. add value back to the community too. So, yeah. So if it, if it's, if the community is engaged, I'm thinking like, Hey, if you guys are engaged and you're like me, well, this would be helpful for me. So I'm going to throw it out there to you and my goal is, you know, right now I'm having to charge about $35 a person, but my goal is to keep getting that price down because ultimately um, I want more people to be to be doing it. And as I've got my systems down on my end, eventually I hope to automate more of it to make the price go down even more. But it's just like, yeah, how do I, all, all of you who are like me, like this could get us out there. Let's Let's do this. And, you know, it's been fun. We've done four at this point. Yeah, really cool. And I love that you're like, uh, don't everyone cringe when I say virtual, you know, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, it, it's a, when you, when you are applying the model like this in this yeah. way, as far as yeah. what it actually, the purpose it's trying to serve, um, it just, it does make sense. You know, it just yeah. allows, you know, people like right now in my training, like I'm a very lone wolf trainer right now. Like yeah. I don't have any running partners. I, I just get out and I get the work done. Um, I'm kind of injured right now. So everything revolves around the stationary bike and the rower and, you know, I'll be honest, my life sucks right now because I'm not running on the trails, but that is, it is, it is what it is. It's <laughs> I where I am. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I feel that like some people definitely need the, uh, the, the, the little bit of a, of a, of a bump there. And that, that's really yeah. cool that you've been thinking yeah. about that and trying to create something around it. So. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I mean, we taught, you talked a little bit, we, 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 brushed on this as far as with your hundred mile, uh, the, the hundred, your hundred mile DNF saga, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you're obviously your family is really important to you. Um, yeah. and you know, you're also, you know, a really high achiever as far as like, um, the plates that are spinning behind your head and the, the yeah. audience won't be able to see them. But you know, if they take a look at, if they look, take a look at sea level insights, they can see kind of the dozen plus things that are going on in your life at any given yeah. moment. Um, you know, what is, what does it look like to try to show up for your family and, and balance all the things, you know, and, and I'm, I'm scratching my own itch here and I'm always looking for, for new insights. Yeah. And I think the audience, the audience can really um, appreciate that too. So. Yeah. You know, I mean, I first really prioritize training at the, and, and the thing that suffers is my day job. And I know that, that that not everybody can do that necessarily in that order, but like, okay, so I want to train. And what that means is I have to be more efficient with my work because mm. 
I'm still going to come home at the same time every day because, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was a part of this program once called 10,000 small businesses by Goldman Sachs. And what we looked at, what I really appreciated, really challenged me. It was like, you know, you, you create these dashboards for your business. Like, Hey, what do I, what metrics, what are my important metrics in, in a business that I want to be able to accomplish it? And that's a no brainer. Everybody can get there. Like, Hey, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? But they said of equal emphasis, but right next to it, what you want your personal life to be like, what are the things that matter to your personal life? And I put on there at the time, I only had one kid I was saying, well, I want to be there to put him to bed six out of seven nights of the week. And I want to be the one that takes him to school three out of five mornings a week. Like, I just want to be there. I want him to look back and remember that dad was around my dad. I had, I love him. Uh, he, he passed just in the past few months, but he had three jobs he had and to support us. And then he was, he had gone back to school. I don't have any ill will when I think back to, to him, but he wasn't there to put me to bed. And I just think I really wish he was. And so with my kids, I'd rather them look back and say, dad was around a bit too much. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and they're probably not going to say that. They're not going to say dad cared too much. Like, I just hope they look back and say, dad made sacrifices to be near me. And I, that, that matters to me. And I want my wife to look and say like, you know, my husband makes sacrifices to make sure that we are balanced in what we're doing. Okay. So what suffers first is work. And then after that, it's just like we, my oldest son and I, we just wrapped up a, a big science project and I am not a scientist and I am not an engineer. And so I think I operate on a fifth grade level when it comes to engineering. So we were in the equal, we were equally matched with one another. Um, this is why I DNF a lot too, you sure. know, yeah. this is, this is, they go hand in hand. Um, but I think the, the way that we, the way that we balance it is, yeah, you get up at, I get up at four 30. I, and this is recently, this is only recent because my kids were only able to not hear me and come out in the last four or five months. So I'm up at four 30. I, I drink coffee and I stare at a wall and get all the, all the random thoughts out of my head. They go out where, wherever they come from. I just kind of let them all come out. And then I spend about an hour and a half of really intentional focused, like uh, the buzzword would be like deep work. Like yeah, I just do work. the, yeah. do the important things. And I get them done. Then my kids wake up. We do all that sort of stuff. And then they go to school. And then I and then I do my day. I do my run. I'm home. And most of the time, I'm, you know, I'm home from five, five in the afternoon and, you know, through the evening. And important to note, I'm 41 years old. So, like, I, I, I hustle, but I'm not in the stage of my career where I'm having to do 60, 70 hours a week right now. I might be back there. That's very possible. I'm open to that. But right now, like... I'm in this 40 to, to 50 hour a week range and I'm able to be flexible with that time. So that's what allows me to do it. Yeah. No. And I love the, the, like getting the deep, those deep sessions are important because that's oh, where efficiency comes in. Like yeah. when you can, when you can drill in for 90 minutes with no distraction, there's a, I think mm -hmm. people would be surprised and you have to work yourself up to that. Like you're not just yeah. going to be able to stay focused for 90 minutes at, at a time. It's like doing intervals, you know, it's like, it's yeah, like ultra totally. training, you know, you kind of have to like yep. build up your, 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 uh, your workload, so to speak in your intervals. Yep. 
but man, when you can get a solid 90, 90 minute block in without distraction, like, uh, that yeah. you can two extra pro two, three, four extra productivity. Easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. especially if Slack's turned off, especially if all the notifications are turned off, the phone's turned off and, and you're just like saying, this is the project, this is the work and I'm, I'm going to do it. And so, yeah. I mean, if you're aspiring to run a marathon or longer, I would imagine that the, the bulk of the listeners understand that deep work because you got to be super efficient in order to make time for that training. Yeah. Yeah, no, and then the training is a whole other aspect too. You know, it sounds like you're able to yeah. kind of, because you're doing that morning session, you're able to spend some time with your kids in the morning, do the breakfast, get them off to school. And then you still, yeah. you know, you have four, five, six hours, uh, seven hours that you could put back into work. And then it still leaves yeah. you, you know, an hour or so, hour, two hours to run before the kids get home again. And so it's it's just yeah. kind of, you're, you're building that flexibility into your schedule, but you're also, you know, you're creating it by being intentional with, with, when you start yeah. your work day, because you're not doing the nine to five, you're doing the, the, the five to seven, and then you're doing the, <laughs> yeah. the, the nine to three. And then that's basically your, your traditional work day. Right. So, yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah, no, very, very, very cool. And that's something I'm, I'm trying to get there, man. Like I need to get on the, <laughs> on the, on the four, four thirty wake up train, but I will say like, like last night, the kid just decided he was going to get up at three o'clock in the morning and rage yeah. for three hours before going back to bed. And so like I got, and I was up doing strength last night and watching a basketball game. And so I didn't get to bed till after I wasn't laying in bed till after 11 o'clock. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was, it did not work. And I know the one yeah. thing I mean, imagine you're going to say it like, you're probably in bed at nine thirty at night if you're getting that's up at right. four o'clock. Yeah. And that's the tension with my wife because, you know, yeah. I had a friend who talked about it this way is like, you you do your day job that's that's your first shift and then when your day day job's over your dad that's your second shift <laughs> and then when they go to bed that's the time that you get like if you're going to have if you aspire to have a good marriage that's the time yeah and so right now my kids are in bed at 8:30 and I'm ready to go to bed at 8:30 yeah and so that's been the that's been the challenge of like okay you know not like if I'm not asleep by 9:30 I'm not waking up at 4:30 yeah. and also I do enjoy whiskey and that causes even if I get in bed by 9:30 that makes four thirty hit a little harder, and I'm not saying I'm partying every night, but it's just like even if I have like a the nightcap of it, it's like I, I it's not working. That's not a good idea. No, and I mean alcohol. It's crazy what one or two drinks will do to your sleep if you're not starting early. Like if you're starting at five o'clock, when you know if you're doing happy hour, it's a little bit easier. But if, like you said, <laughs> if you're like oh, I just want a finger, I just need to pour a finger or two here, like when the kids yep. go to bed and just sit down and and in, yeah. and just kind of decompress with it. Oh man, it makes it so. It much always harder. sounds better than it actually is. That's the great lie of alcohol. I know, I know it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I get sucked in when life gets crazy. Yeah, man. No, I'm not I'm, recommending I'm, it. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm actually like I made my one of my one of my goals for this year is like cutting back considerably on the weekday mm, consumption. Yeah. And I don't drink yeah. a lot either. It's like maybe it's a glass of wine, maybe it's a glass and a half of wine a night at night. Yeah. Not every day, but like just kind of reserving that for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday and, yeah. and, and being okay with that. And, you know, anyway, yeah. um, cool. And then as far as, you know, you mentioned like showing up for the wife, man, I think for your partner, I think that's super important and, and really knowing like, yeah. Hey, here's that, here's that time that you have blocked out for them. And I think that's, I mean, it goes, I don't know. I don't want to say that partners can be taken for granted, but when, when you're yeah. a high achiever and you're also trying to run ultras, it's like, you know, like you said, you're like, the hours come out of my work day, not, not my family time right now, because I yeah. understand the value of that. So, yep. And I've been married almost 19 years. And so it's great that we're like, I mean, yeah, we got married young, but, uh, you know, she, she, I, I, we had been married for 
10 years or no, nine years before I even got into running, you know? So that's another reason that it's worked for us is that it was, you know, it might've worked better if like we, for like we were both ultra runners. She's not an ultra runner. She, she runs, but not ultra. Um, but you know, she's kind of watched this, watched this beast, whatever this, I don't even know how you describe it, this thing, take over my brain yeah, the progression. <laughs> of the desire of the hundred miler. And she's been in my corner. So, yeah, no, that's really cool. And the support is also really important too. It's hard Critical. to, you know, I think people, you know, it's cliche cause they're like, Oh, it's such a selfish sport, but yeah. you have to have very selfless people in your corner in order for you to succeed and complete, yeah, they have complete to get your the goals. Dream. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. Um, and some of these are long-term goals, you know, like on my side, you know, I want to, I want to run these two races that are like almost impossible to get in. And I'm like, it's going to take a decade. And so I need to be willing to put in the work (laughs) for 10 years, man, in order to see some of these goals come to, come to fruition. And it's like, you know, it is what it is. Hard hard rock was one of them. Yeah. Hard rock in Western States. I've been like on the Western States train for some time now. So I feel like that'll come in the next like four or five years, hopefully. But like I just started qualifying. I have have, like two years of qualifying for hard rock lottery. And so I'm like, I have, you know, I have no disillusions that it's, I'm going to be in my, I'm 43. So we're similarly, similar in age, but I have no disillusion that I'm going to be in, in my fifties when I run that race. So I, I crewed a guy at Western a, a couple of years ago the year that Jim Walmsley broke the record the first time. Yep. Very cool. Uh, and he had one ticket in and got in that guy. You know, I know <laughs> he didn't even know I was watching the lottery and I was like, Cordell, you got in. He's like, I'm not even paying attention to that. Why would I have even paid attention? I was like, I, I wouldn't have. You got in. You're, you're yeah. in. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, yeah, it, and it happens. And I think that's, you know, that's, it is what it is, man. I have no, I still have love for all those people as, as long as they put in the work and, and get it done, Absolutely. like more power to them, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, a positive spin on that is that like, Hey man, it keeps you in the hundred mile game year after year. If that's your ambition, that's, that's incredible. Like you're, you're every year, you're still going for a hundred mile. You're finishing another hundred mile or the, that's a qualifier. I admire the, the hell out of that. Yeah. I mean, for hard rockets every other year, you have to run like a hard, uh, it's a hard, it's a hard hundo. Like it's a hard mountainous hundred. Okay. You have to run one every other year. So each time you complete a qualifier for hard rock, you get two years in the lottery. And then for Western States, it's like basically a hundred K and up depending on where you live and what race you yeah. want to go to. And you can run longer races, but basically like hundred K hundred milers, your qualifying standard. Yeah. yeah. The races do my, get a my little bit dentist easier. Got into hard rock this year. Dude, that's what's up. Yeah, and my neighbor across the street over here, he's he did he's he and his partner have both done hard rock. They're like, it's this this is what I love about Salt Lake. It's like, yeah, my dentist is doing hard rock. My neighbor <laughs> did hard rock. It's like, I, it that that was out of my radar. I you know a, ten, a Zion a, a ten thousand twelve thousand foot that in the desert. That's my speed. Yeah, and I well it's so funny because like you when you were talking about when you were talking about um borderlands and i was thinking to myself like oh i get it because i got i'm thinking like desert southwest and like it has that vibe right the branding is there but like yeah it's it's also there's this like play on words there because you're like it's on the board you're on the edge right it's on the edge of your 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 target audience is people that are like on the edge of whether they can actually achieve their goals and they're absolutely basically on the border right i love that so yeah yeah it's the crossover of like real life and all the things that you have to do to live you're in that borderlands of like i see it i love it like just across the way is is like the promised land of where i want to be but everything in life is keeping me from getting there but i'm still 
here for it. That's that's what Borderlands is. Yeah, man. No, that is definitely that is definitely 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 what's up. Um, so let's move into some of your running goals, and and we can okay. we can slowly start to round the conversation. I know you got some kids you got to pick up at some point, not too distant future, probably a run you got to get yeah. in. Um, I know it's middle of the day for you here, and I appreciate um you being available um to to record uh you know uh at the time, but you know you mentioned Zion, um when is the race and then what does your calendar look like leading up to that in order to kind of create success for you? Yeah. So, all right. So the race is, uh, April 13th, uh, it starts in Apple Valley, Utah. You know, I love vacation races, uh, who puts it on. They do a Bryce Canyon, a Zion and, uh, Antelope Canyon. And what I love about them, I mean, you can't actually run in Zion or Bryce or whatever, but you can uh, you can see Zion the whole time. So what I love about Zion is that I'm I, I'm just a sucker for the desert. I love everything about the desert. I love the myth, the history, um, and I just love being there. I love the way I feel when I'm there. And so Zion's my target. You know, April thirteenth. I just ran another a desert fifty miler at the end of November dead horse, uh, in Moab by mad moose, another great event company. And, uh, then the holidays came. And so, you know, I, I was, I intentionally took some time off after dead horse took about three weeks, like real slow. And then Christmas was coming around. And so I was, I was starting to ramp up and was getting ready for this tequila highway event. And I was ready. Like the tequila highway event was going to pull me out. I had two great days and then we got sidelined by the flu and when you got three kids and oh yeah when you five not people sick. in the house yeah the flu it just moved so slowly through the house it's like my my firstborn got it then my second and then my wife and then my third child and then i got it it knocks you out for like 16 17 days just taking yep. care of everybody and having to take care of yourself so i've just reemerged. i'm just trying to get back to five miles a day right now coming off that flu it knocked me out pretty good uh, but then I'm, I don't have, I was going to go run another mad moose race, uh, but decided not to, I'm just going to train without a race between now and April 13th. So, uh, you know, on my peak weeks, I'm really going to try to get, you know, around 50, 55 to 60 miles would be really ambitious, like three yeah. weeks of that, hopefully in there and where I'm getting around, you know, seven to 10,000 feet of gain at the very least, there's just one crazy climb at Zion. Anyone who's ran it knows it. It's where you go back up to gooseberry Mesa and it's like 1800 feet of gain over like one eighth of a mile. You're basically just like climbing the, the sheer face. Yeah. So I just want to be ready for that climb it happens at like mile 60 and, and it probably for me will happen around like 4 AM. So, but fortunately for me in Salt Lake, you know, we can find gain and find gain real quick and real easily. So uh, just, just a matter of flipping that switch and get out there right now. I live right next to a park. And so I'm running at a park a lot just to get volume. Um, and I I don't even have the 10 minutes to get to the trailhead, but pretty soon I'll flip that switch probably mid February and just start to, to build volume yeah, until no, April 13th. Yeah. Very cool. And I guess it's, you know, you're in, you know, Salt Lake, you guys have kind of access under above snow line, under snow line. So even like, yeah. even when it's dumping, you know, there's still usually somewhat clear trails that you can you can try to get to if if you have the time to do it right yeah i mean gosh we i I take it for granted i'm so lucky to live here with these trails i mean just world-class trails that are 10 minutes from my house and yeah like 
so Salt Lake is at about um, 4,200 feet above sea level. Um, so sometimes the snow line is like 7,000 feet, 6,000 feet, 7,000 feet, which is where Park City is, 70, yep. you know, 7,200 feet. So you can, you can run in the snow. Or if you're doing all the summits, we've got really great summits. Running up for air, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a, it's a I have. Uh, really cool race here. Started at Desolation here right in Salt Lake County. And so you can be below snow level and then like, you know, post holing, uh, you know, 20 minutes later. So the versatility is, is, is really incredible here. Yeah. Sorry. Taking some notes. Um, no, that's really cool. And like, I guess, do you, is there, do you do a lot of dedicated strength right now or for you, it's just like the time only right now, your time allows you just basically to be able to get the miles in and, 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 and show up. Yeah. Uh, so leading up to Dead Horse, I was doing a lot of strength, and and then uh, I'm going to be bringing that back. Dead Horse was the first time I had done. I mean, it seems like a it seems like a trend right now. When I look at some of the runners I admire, especially like the 200 plus guys like Mike Michael McKnight, and it seems like all their posts now are of them in the weight room, yeah, off season. So man. yeah, so they're crushing it. I've never really done that, um, but I, I joined uh, a gym and I'd just been doing. Some basic. I'd always done a lot of like the rubber band work type yep. stuff for my hips and glutes and all that. Um, but this year I got into weights and I and I felt it. I felt the difference uh, for sure at um, Dead Horse Fifty Miler. So that's definitely going to be a part of it. And you know, I had hired a coach for a little while uh, at one point last year, and his name is Jesse Rich, and he uh, we were starting to integrate a lot of like, you know just body weight strength training it was all fairly fairly new to me i mean i I romanticized like i talked about at the beginning like these you know like was jeff rose or scott jurek are these uh, carl meltzler you know who lives right here in salt lake too were these guys doing weight training in the early 2000s late night was that a thing i mean this seems like they just went out and did it and you know that doesn't seem possible for me what do you think well, I think all those guys, I don't think those guys were lifting heavy things. I don't think they were going to the gym and they were loading up the squat rack and doing like five, five, five rep max kind of work. But I do think, I mean, have you seen, I mean, have you seen pictures of Cal from back in the day? I mean, Hal, excuse me, Hal from back in the day, the guy is ripped. So <laughs> He's you know super that, ripped, yeah. you know, there's probably a pull-up bar somewhere, you know, he was getting yeah. in his push-ups. <laughs> those guys all had a yeah. core routine. They were... Yeah. You know, Scott Jurek was a PT, so you know he was doing That's all the band true. work you're talking about. And I think, yeah. you know, what I was going to mention, like, I usually have, like, two dedicated strength days. One's a combo day and one's a leg okay. day, and then sometimes I'll get in, 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 in an upper body day. All of these things are, like, half-hour, 40-minute workouts at the okay. most. And then good um, and then I have, like, a 20-minute core mobility routine that I'll try to throw in there as many days as I can squeeze it in. But, like, okay. I will say as someone who's had multiple, like, I've had two i've had three hernia surgeries i don't mm. i mean it's they suck they they take yeah. you out for like three months at a time um yeah. like i live by my pt now like i've had a okay. lot of work with different with, with a specific physical therapist he gave me um, a number of different things that i do and i do those things on a regular basis now and i will say when i started and i started doing these things like six years ago five six years ago i started running ultras like close to a decade ago eight nine years ago and the resilience as a runner that I have in implementing mm. not just the strength because the strength is new. The strength is stuff that I started when I turned 40. So like the last two or three years, yeah. 
But just doing the PT like four days a week, five days a week, 20 minute session, you know, lay down on the mat while you're watching TV and just get the work in real quick. Man, it's just make it just is it's weird because you don't think it's doing anything for you. You know, you're like doing right. the J it's all like this, like band work and Jane Fonda workout. And you're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm doing it. And at the end of the day, like I've found that I've just become like a lot more resilient in the back end, you know? Mm, so it's like the recovery is easier. Like my ability mm. to just show, to continue to show up and um, it just gets easier. And that's kind of something I try to like express to a lot of people is like, mm. man, I know it's like, it seems like a lot, but like, one weight day, one leg day is all you have to do. You can maintenance with some, do some push-ups and do some little stuff after you finish your mobility work. Do two yeah. days, three days of mobility. Add in some push-ups if you want to do a little bit upper body. Get a pull-up bar if you're like cool or whatever. But like at the end of the day, like um, a lot of glutes, the stuff you're talking about, band work, the glute work. Um, yeah. Some of some of the like um, like hip kind of like movement kind of stuff, and like it's you'd be. It, it's amazing what that can do for you throw in some planking and some push-ups and all of a sudden you're kind of rounding it out and you're not you're not putting yourself in a big hole i think that's something i've dealt with a lot i'm talking too much i'm going to give this back to you here in a second no, but it's something good. i've dealt with is like when you're trying to build muscle and you're trying to get to a certain certain level of strength you realize yeah. you're like wait a minute i'm running six days a week and i'm lifting three days a week like how much of a detriment am I doing to myself from an energy mm. standpoint? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and trying yeah. to balance that. And that's something that like, I've had to come to grips with is like, when I'm ramping up and doing big weeks, I'm not lifting three days a week, man. I'm lucky if I get one day in, you know, just yeah. because I just know that's like, that stress is stress is stress. And I'm trying to balance all of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, if anyone, man, if yeah, 20 minutes, man, 20 minutes, twice a week, just do it. You know what I mean? You'd be surprised. Yeah. And and like mm -hmm. I said, if you're already hitting the gym, you're, you're doing the right thing. I think, um, yeah, I think it's really important that people, yeah. especially as you get older, you're 40, you said you're 41. Welcome to yep. your forties, man. Welcome to being a master's runner. You know, you gotta do your <laughs> strength work. So that feels good. Yeah, man. Still here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right, let's talk about Free Trail, the community of trail and ultra runners I have personally loved being a part of. If you are looking for a way to bring the trail and ultra community with you everywhere you go, you have to join Free Trail Pro. For only $96 a year, you get access to the Free Trail Slack community, training plans, deep discounts with brand partners, and access to the weekly office hour Zoom calls where we gather as a community to talk about specific run-related topics, as well as have special guest Q&As and so much more. These calls have been a highlight of my week. I cannot say enough. I love, love, love the Free Trail community. And if you want to support some of the best audio, video, and written content in our sport, visit freetrail.com and consider joining the Free Trail fam with a Free Trail Pro subscription. Hope to see you in the Free Trail Slack community. And when you introduce yourself, mention the Midpacker Pod. Yeah, dude, I, I I know we were joking before. I was like, man, if I unpack all this stuff you're doing from an entrepreneurial standpoint, we're gonna be on we're gonna we're gonna set the record and 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 blow up like a, a three hour <laughs> podcast here. Because like and and me, I'm I'm an entrepreneur myself. So like when I yeah. look at when I look at your highlight reel, man, I'm just like, okay, dude, this is I'm really, really stoked to get connected with you for one, to get to know you more, yeah, to get to understand more of your passions with, with, with trail running. Um, 
but I also want to be mindful of, of your time. I mean, is there anything else you want to like unpack that you're doing in trail running or in general that you want to talk, uh, that you'd like to discuss, um, you know, for the audience before we kind of round out the conversation? Yeah. I mean, like I, like I had mentioned earlier, like this is, so my entrepreneurial career started in coffee really for the most part. I started a coffee roasting company here in Salt Lake city called La Barba coffee. And I sold that in 2020, but I, I loved it. Like I love coffee the way I love trail running. I love that culture. And I live in Salt Lake city where half the city can't drink coffee just on, you know, religious principle. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, then you have 50% left and we're not a very dense place. And then you have, then you're competing with Starbucks with that remaining 50%. And, um, but I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved what Stumptown meant to Portland. I loved what Intelligentsia meant to Chicago. And I wanted to have that thing that was like, hey, when you think of Salt Lake City, here's the coffee. And then and other, other players came along not long after us and you sure. kind of had a similar like idea. But I built that and I loved building it. Opened through the course of my coffee shop life. I think we, I opened uh, six coffee shops and then a tea shop and a bookstore. And then it was like, okay, I sold it. It was time to be done. And when it was, when I was done, I, I did some like real estate investment stuff where I became a real estate sponsor and it was, uh, there was no passion. So I went from passion, you know, love of coffee and what coffee means to culture and what coffee means to bringing people together to somewhat of a soulless endeavor to make money in real estate. And we, we did that for a few years and then it was like, okay, I, I need to get out of this and I need to get back into passion. And that's where I reemerged into trail running. And so it's just like the same level of just, you know, almost, almost giddiness. Like it is so fortunate to wake up every day and I'm thinking about trail running. I only wish, and it doesn't make sense for the brand. I do wish that there was room within the brand to discuss elite trail running uh, because I'm such a mega fan, but I think it's also nice to keep that separate. Like, you know, I almost feel like that's a whole different sport compared to what me and what I'm doing and maybe what my audience is doing out there on the trail. But it's like just it's it's born out of a deep, deep love. And so I thought, well, if if my goal is that every time someone interacts with Borderlands, they leave it with a smile on their face, you know, delight, kind of happy. Well, then it's not really my place to to hop in and give my take on what UTMB is doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I just I, kind of have stayed in the positive realm. The and you know, there's plenty of good commentary happening out there. I have opinions on everything, but it's like you know what? Maybe that's just for me to remain a fan and have my opinions there. But that I think you know the key takeaway is that man, I just I'm a I'm a champion of the sport. I want to see more people find the joy of of you know getting out on a trail like that is heart and soul for me. Um, why I'm here. Well, I love that too. And I love the, that journey that you just described of like getting back to giddy, you know, like, yeah. you know, you found, yeah. you've like found something that you can be really, you, you can be passionate about and you can kind of go, yeah. not all, not, I mean, all in, but you, you can go all in on and feel good about the work that you're doing. I think that's also really important. Let me ask yeah. you, man, what's your, as a coffee guy, like, what do you, what's your favorite thing to brew up in the morning? Well, here's what's, here's what's also funny about me is that, Okay. So from a, if you break it down from a business standpoint, uh, we were specialty coffee. We were the first specialty coffee roaster in Salt Lake that was, you know, trying to scale. Um, as 1980, 
1981, there was one place to get coffee in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake Roasting Company. So fast forward, like I'm bringing it, and I'm coming from the business marketing, like that's more what I'm better at. So I wasn't the product guy, <clears throat> but I knew I loved better coffee. I loved higher quality coffee. So what's funny is that like I work with my roasting partner, Levi Rogers, and we developed something that was just kind of like our our standard blend. Like, hey, we know that this is just on average, this cup of coffee objectively from a scoring standpoint is going to be better all the time, always better than than anything else in Salt Lake at the time, in our opinion. But somewhat objectively, if you look at like coffee scoring, I still drink that every morning. That one that we came up with in like 2014. <laughs> Here I am 10 years later. Uh, and that's all. I, that's what I drink every morning. I still I subscribe to the company. Still, I get a bag of coffee every week, and it's the same one every morning. And oh, I, and right. what we had learned was that like ninety percent of even specialty coffee drinkers want to drink the same thing every time. It's only that top ten percent that love like crazy variety, like always changing. Yeah. And so I fit in that sweet spot of like just give just give it to me. Every, it's got to be great, but I need it to be almost the same every day. Wow, that's, you, that's the long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And I'm like, I'm asking because I feel like I, I'm a Ethiopian yogurt cafe guy, right? Like, oh, yeah. I like I like yeah. single origin Ethiopian coffee. I'll get on some yeah. Sadama every once in a while, but I like the the just the classic light roast Ethiopian, like very very traditional, like OG kind of variety yeah. of coffee. But yep. I'm the same way, man. Like I drink literally. I mean, I have two brands that I fluctuate back and forth on, and one of them I what, just what found. They? Um, so I like Apollo from Counterculture. I was going to say Counterculture was the, was my third. So I had Stumptown, Intelligentsia, and Counterculture. There was a, there was a book called God in a Cup, and it was about those three. And um, I love Counterculture. I mean, they're they're. I mean, talk talk about scale. They're huge, but yeah. they kept really good coffee. Yeah, and and so I like them because for one, I'm in North Carolina. They're local. You know, they're based yep. to like two hours, like two hours away from me right now. Um, but the one thing that got me started with them is they use the bio tray packaging. So their packaging is all mm. uh, use, is all plant based. It's like uh, I know okay. the company well because I've like I've actually worked with them to try to create packaging for oh nice uh, for another organization. So I understand. I mean, it's not 100 percent biodegradable. It's like 90. It's hard. 90 yeah. percent, right? Yeah. Um, there's always that little the scent plug, the little like thing that you have for like letting the odor yeah, come out or whatever down, little yeah. plastic thing. They can't. It, it allows down. the yeah off gas to get the yeah. the gas out. Yeah, and so and then there's another company. Uh, I can't remember. I just bought like my first couple bags of it because it was on. I shop at Whole Foods for my coffee, right? So nice. It was on sale, and it was the same price as what I buy the counterculture on sale. And I was like, oh, it's a okay. single origin. They have the same coffee. They're like a similar thing, and they're, yeah. they're based in California. And so I was like, I'll give them a try, and it's pretty good. It's not terrible. Um, and so I kind of go back and forth between those two, but yeah, I mean, nice. what counterculture is doing is just kind of. I don't know, just like like you talked about, like you like you were saying, like when you can, the hardest thing about product, CPG product, especially something that's a consumable, is how do yeah. you keep your quality standards locked in as you scale the business? Because yes, you're not building a, a you're not building a widget out of a mold where you have like just about infinite supply chain that you can reach out to. Like, there's only so many people growing the quality of bean that you're looking for in order to put it in your bags. And like, you yeah. know, with coffee, it's a very, it's an interesting, and I know you can probably wax eloquent about this. It's interesting because like how you source, you live or die by your sourcing, right? Yep. Yep. And what, you know, at, at this point, um, 
Stumptown and Intelligentsia were bought by Pete's Coffee, and Pete's Coffee out of San Francisco was bought by a you know a massive conglomerate, I think, out of like Germany. But I think counterculture, but but all that to say, so what I know about them isn't maybe necessarily true now, but those three companies pioneered what I think was one of the most ethical movements, definitely the most ethical movement in coffee, which was we're going to take care of the farmer. We're going to take care of the whole supply chain and we're going to put visibility on the entire supply chain of how much everybody's getting paid. This is how much the farmer gets paid. This is how much the exporter, the importer. And then a lot of companies now at this point with specialty coffee, it's, it's no longer a marketable thing anymore because it's just a given. This is what you do. But at the time coming out of the Starbucks generation, which no judgment on Starbucks, because they were coming from, they were emerging from the Folger, Folgers generation. Yeah. So Folgers was a dollar for a cup of coffee kind of vibe. And Starbucks was like, hey, let's elevate that. We can get people to pay more. Well, it was critical to get people to pay more because the farmers were being so taken advantage of or so marginalized that the question shouldn't be, why is coffee $5? The question should be, how in the world can coffee sometimes be $1? Yeah. How There's can it no not way be $5? Exactly. Like when you think of how many people, how many hands touch that coffee, it it has to be expensive. And it's unfortunate because it's, you know, it's, it's ubiquitous. It's, but it's like, you want everyone to be taken care of in that supply chain. There's yeah. a certain threshold at which they are not, but those, those transactions are still happening, which means how does a farm operate at a deficit year in and year out? Well, there's things that go on there that you don't want to, we don't want to know about. So let's, just pay a good price for the coffee. And that's because of Stumptown Intelligentsia and counterculture that that changed. Yeah, no, very cool. And I think it's it, people, I mean, people like Starbucks don't get it twisted. Some people hate on Starbucks. The one thing I will say yeah. Starbucks did for coffee in America was bring a European culture of coffee to America, mm. which opened up like there, you know, there wouldn't be La Barba coffee. If there Absolutely. wasn't Starbucks, you know, like there no wouldn't chance. be yeah. counterculture. There wouldn't be, yep. I mean, I don't, do you know, Ecuador? I mean, Equator. Uh, Equator. So, oh, at, yeah. at, at SF, like uh, yep. that coffee is really good too. Like that's, none that's of these the companies best. would exist if you weren't, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really good. None of those companies would exist if, if you didn't have these people that like kept pushing an, an envelope and pushing a direction Absolutely. and pushing an agenda for the yep. lack of a better word. I mean, the guy that, yep. that brought Starbucks to America, I don't remember his name, but his story is interesting because he went to Europe and he was like, Oh, this is espresso. This is Europe. This, this is like Italian espresso culture. Like this is really yeah. cool. Like yeah. why doesn't this exist in America? And he brought it yeah. here and it basically, I mean, that's, that's what changed the game for, for coffee. So yeah, yeah. no, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's funny. We, I find ourselves at the end of the pod geeking out about coffee. I love coffee, man. I've got it. I've got it bad. Like I've got. Yeah. I, I just. I need to. I need to kind of pull it back. I drink. I realize I drink like a liter of coffee a day right now. Dude, so. Yeah, I, I don't know if I don't. I, I know for sure that at the very least, it's about. I'm, I'm I'm between four and six cups a day, so whatever. That, I don't know what that puts me at, but it's close. I mean, I, I just have this double walled French press <laughs> that holds a liter of water, and that's how much coffee. Oh, I mean, I perfect. I end up drinking the whole thing. I, yeah, my se- pro tip: I put collagen in my in my second cup. Really? And I try to I try to consume my last cup before you know one o'clock at the latest. So yes, then, same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome josh dude let's uh I'll, i'm gonna make i'm gonna hit you with our rapid fire questions uh they okay. may not may or may not be um yeah i'm just gonna hit you with them so let's do it. um 
The first question is uh, ultra marathon man or born to run? Born to run. Yeah. And it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> Uh, that's the consensus. I've probably, I mean, yeah. you're, you'll be guest 31. Yeah. yeah. 31. And I think you're like 90% of people are, are on the board to run train. So am I, I love the book. I think the only people who are on, okay. Uh, well, let me speak for myself. Sure. I only consumed ultra marathon man because I had, uh, cause I couldn't do born to run again and I needed more running content. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I feel that. I definitely okay. feel that. Um, born to run. I mean, just pro tip. It's a really good audio listen like i read oh, the I book know. and then i've done the audio and i'm like oh yeah. man this thing it's it's really good run fodder yeah. like when you're in the build and you need the, yeah. the, to to really light the fire for for yeah. the goal for the goal race for the year yeah yes. and then i love his I mean, second book too it was very good i can't think of what it's called uh, the one bo- about the greek uh chris mcdougall's second book anyway not I born to run too no it was that <laughs> well i uh heroes I don't oh know. Yeah, yeah. I highly yeah. recommend you look it up. It's good. Yeah. I'll 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 look it up and link it in the show notes. So Yeah, please do. Um and you mentioned the other thing that's also really good pre-run fodder is the un, unbreakable. It's oh the, yeah. The best, dude. The best. Yes. Yeah. I, I bought my first copy at Western States in the grass and the track when they still set up no concessions. Way. And the guy that the guy that uh they were doing like a big it was like 2012 and he was doing a big re-release or 2011, 2010, 2012, okay. 12, one of those three years. And he was doing a big re-release. Yeah. And so he had a whole booth set up and like, I was like, mm. oh man, this is great. I'm buying this. And nice. And then my wife was like, what is this? Do we have like, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, it got watched on repeat until, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I, I think she would have been happy with accidentally scratching it, bringing it out of the yep. DVD player. But a- after the DVD, I went to, so they had it on a website where you had to buy like a yep. membership to the website or something like not even membership it was before subscriptions or that thinking at all. Just like I bought it. And the only place you could watch it was on their website. Very cool. I mean, it's like, and now I think anyone can watch it on YouTube and I'll link to the show. Yes. In the show yeah. It's so, so funny how like yeah. it used to be scarce. Now it's readily. Yeah, now available. it's ubiquitous. So, yeah. um, okay. There's two more questions. The The third okay. one is what's your favorite distance to race? Um, I got race has air quotes. Yeah, it does have air quotes. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, a hundred miles. Okay. So even yeah, though, man. even with awful there's, failure, like God, I love, I love, I just love, yeah, I just love it. There's no shame in that game, man. Like I, yeah, I, I take the other side where I'm like, I like racing the 50 mile distance because I know how to race yeah. a 50 miler, mm, and I'm not like yeah. I'm a middle of the pack guy. Like I, let's not get yeah. twisted. I'm not winning any, any. I'm not even winning yeah. age group awards at this point, you know. But you've but, got some strategy that you can apply, and the wheels don't fall off. Yeah, 100. I can come and I, yeah. and I can like walk home, and you know, I can drive home that day. You know what I mean? Kind of kind yep. of distance. Whereas the hundred, I'm still trying to crack that 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 rubik's cube that is the 100 miler i I'm, yeah. I'm i feel like i'm close but you know maybe one yeah. day i'll i'll have a, a talk with the guests and say like oh me too 100 mile distance all the way you know <laughs> not there yet so yeah um but i totally understand i mean based on the conversation we had previous i know why it's the 100 mile distance for you because it's about that challenge and, yes. and it's about yeah it's a it's about ultimately finding how to create that success and so i, yeah, I definitely appreciate right. that um Okay, the third question is post meal favorite post meal, uh, and I don't mean like you can't say protein shakes and Snicker bars. You know, I'm talking yeah. like a real plate of food here. Once you can eat, gosh, like when I think back, like what am I like? 
this is probably why I DNF races because I'm willing to do this. But there's a rush, there's a gas station here <laughs> called Maverick, and they have something called the Bahama Mama Rama or something like that. It's it's the best worst gas station food. But like if you're in these rural desert areas, there's a Maverick in every Utah town, no matter how small, and most of them will have their Bahama Mama Rama. And uh, if not that, man, uh, just, uh, you know, crushed pizza. I wish I was the guy that was like, you know, give me an arugula salad. I got to imagine that I would be better <laughs> at the 100 mile distance. But uh, no, I, I go I go for uh, the most dense, grossest thing I can find. And and just for the audience, what exactly is a oh, Rama? It gets worse. Uh, so it's basically like, Maybe you're wrong. This would be the spirit of it. There's like cheese infused into a hot dog into like a, uh, wrapped in a croissant. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what are Something they like that. They have a name for those in Tucson. Mm. I can't remember the name of it, but I know it's basically like a bread. It's like, it's like a, it's a gourmet, it's a gourmet corn dog. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if in Tucson they had a Maverick down there, but I think Maverick's down there too. So yeah. maybe that's where they stole it from. Yeah, this is a place like this is like a, a this place. I have to I have to man jog my memory and try to put it in the show notes. But it's like you can go buy these hot dogs from. It's a food truck, but it has an established area mm. for dining. It's all outdoor, so it's like oh, I cool. think they call it a Sonora dog. I think is the name of what, Ooh, that's of, cool. of, of the actual. Yeah, maybe Maverick like, Maverick stole it from them. I bet the Bahama Mama Rama. <laughs> Very, very cool. I may have even gotten the name wrong, but that's part of the joke. It's kind of to laugh at it. Yeah. No, I mean, to be honest, the audience is split between hamburgers and pizza, bro. So, you know, like yeah. you're not you're you're not in a bad place when you say pizza yeah, is your I'm, second is your second I'm option. Safe here. So, yeah. <laughs> um arugula salad is for day two, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we're thinking about the future again. Now yeah, we're just exactly. glad that we survived. We're yeah. we're kind of <laughs> in survival mode. Yeah, 100%. Well, man, um, you know, where can the audience find you if they want to connect, Josh? And I'll give you the, the final word before I let you go. Yeah, just at uh, Instagram has been kind of the place where we've we've built the community most. So uh, we're run Borderlands is our handle there. Or you can go to borderlands.cc. Either one of those great place to find us. I'd, I'd love to meet new people, have new people follow along and, and engage with us. Um, so everybody's welcome. Yeah, very cool. And shout out the, uh, the 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 series that you're working on currently. It's a gr- True Grit or oh uh, yeah, Trail Grit. So Trail Grit. It's a it's a four episode docu series of me leading back up to Zion. Um, so it's the you know there's there's context around me being the you know having a twelve percent finish rate in this and how I'm approaching it again. And I'm working on episode three right now, which is just interviewing a a bunch of runners. Um, it's called late race survival. Like, how do you, what, what can I be doing six weeks out, you know, four weeks out, three weeks out to be ready to push through that late race moment for me when I'm just desperate to quit. And I've got a, you know, a good 10 or 11 interviews that we're doing for that, that documentary episode. So, um, yeah, we, we post a ton of clips of, of that docuseries on, uh, on Instagram. And is that, yeah, that's something that you guys host on YouTube. Cool. Yeah, I'll find. Yeah. Uh, and and that's a Borderlands. You guys have your own account on YouTube as well. Yeah, Borderlands cool. TR is the YouTube handle. 
So man, when 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 are you going to make a bid on uh, on on just getting Borderlands uh, heist in Borderlands from whoever has it? Oh, uh, you know it's so. This was I mean I'm clearly I'm just with passion here because SEO on if you just Borderlands I will never rank above uh, the video yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yep, that's right. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, so it makes we're clearly sense. Clearly, in passion here. Yeah, well, that's the marketer in you, understanding that it's yes. better to it's better to own it's better to outright own a keyword that you have to know than it is to try to compete with a keyword that you'll never own. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Josh, man, thank you so much for the time yeah. today. Um, we're definitely going to stay connected. I've got. Uh, yes, I, I hope you're okay with me bouncing a boatload of ideas off of uh, off your entrepreneurial mind. And uh, oh, we yeah. didn't we didn't even talk to talk about you know your residency at the University of of Utah and, and what you're doing for entrepreneurs there. And, and maybe um, yeah. after maybe after you get some success here at Zion, we can have you back on yeah. for a, for a recap and and we can dive Love into it. some of the things you're doing on the entrepreneurial side. And we'll make the audience kind of. Uh, sit through uh, me completely scratching my own itch by uh, by picking your brain pretty hard. So. <laughs> well, anytime. I, I yeah, love man. it. I love talking about it. Awesome. Well, Josh, man, I appreciate it, man. And um, yeah, and ha- have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your family time, brother. Right on. Thank you. Yeah, man. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in. If you are still here, thank you for listening to the end of the show. What did you think of the episode? Drop me a comment using the comment form at the top of the show notes. You can find a link. Also, make sure you are following us on Instagram at midpackerpod. Share this episode on your stories, and I will make sure to reshare it. If you are interested in supporting any of our sponsors, you can find links and codes in the show notes. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and for your ongoing support. It definitely means the world to me. See you next time on the Midpacker Pod. Pod.